Today I want to ask a question here on New Hope Radio. A question that I don't know if you've ever asked it. I want to ask it for you today. Because maybe you never have. And the question is, is there a crown for me? That's a good question. And it's real, too. I want you to know that not only can there be a crown for you, but there are several crowns available that you may receive. Oh, yeah. And these crowns are going to be given by the Lord Jesus himself. But let's remember this. Salvation is a gift, but crowns are rewards. Let's remember that. Salvation is a gift, but crowns are rewards. Today I want to show you the five crowns that believers may receive if they are truly serious about their faith. It's all it takes to be serious about your faith. And these are the crowns. The crown of rejoicing. The crown of righteousness. The crown of life. The crown of glory. And the incorruptible crown. Five different crowns that the Lord Jesus will give to those that are faithful in these particular areas of life. This this should be very motivating for any believer because you, you want crowns. You know why? It's a demonstration of your faithfulness to God. Don't be the one that says, oh, I just want to be saved. I don't want any rewards. When God gives rewards, it's to his glory. And we want to bring glory to God. So let's take a look at the crowns. Number one, here we go, the crown of rejoicing. And I want you to see how easy it is to earn these crowns if we're, like I said, serious about our faith. The crown of rejoicing. This is the the joy of seeing people in the presence of God. It's a crown of joy. Paul talked about it in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. He said, who is our hope or joy or crown of exaltation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord? Wow. Isn't it even you at the presence of our Lord at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. What a beautiful picture this is of Paul rejoicing at the people that he saw in the presence of God. He says crown of exaltation, or exaltation. That's crown of rejoicing. Remember, the first century was noted for the persecution that came against the infant church. But Paul could still see the bright spot. Paul's crown seems to be the presence of people with Christ. And isn't that the greatest joy? You've done that. You've told someone about Jesus, you've shared your faith, and they responded, and wow, you got goosebumps. You're like, yes, oh, you were so happy for them because they found forgiveness and eternal life. What joy that brings, doesn't it? Some have called this the soul winner's crown because when you're responsible for someone else to be in the presence of God because you brought them the gospel, that's great joy. And it's a crown of joy, a crown of rejoicing. Anyone who has the desire to share their faith with others 
and then acts on that desires, desire can win this crown. It's not just the desire. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to act on it. If you act on the desire to win someone to Christ, you can earn that crown. So think of how easy it is because that's the normal Christian life, isn't it? Sharing our faith at given opportunities. That's all. Secondly, we have the crown. Actually, it's called the incorruptible crown. I call this a crown for diligence and discipline. Because we find it in 1 Corinthians 9, in verse 24, Paul said, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? In other words, if you're in the race, you're going to run, right? Who gets in a race and doesn't run? (laughs) But only one receives the prize. That's true. So he said, run in such a way that you may win. Don't run to lose. Don't run just to participate. Run to win. And then he said, everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. See, in the ancient days, when they had the Olympics, they got a an ivory ivy wreath that was presented to them, and that thing dried up and withered away after a while. But Paul is saying, the one we receive is imperishable. Imperishable. So he said in verse 26, Therefore, I run, he's giving a testimony now, I run in such a way, as not without aim, I box in such a way, as not beating the air. So now he's using a boxing analogy, and he's saying, I don't throw punch punches wildly. Every punch, here it comes, is calculated. I'm not beating the air. It's calculated. Because that's how you win a boxing match. You have to calculate your punches. You have to know where they're going. He says, I don't beat the air. But I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So in these three verses, Paul gives us a beautiful example of Olympic athletes and what they do to earn their crowns. And Paul is saying our crowns are so much greater, but we're really following the same steps. It's about discipline. It's about self-control. It's about calculating the moves of your life, not wasting your life, but being calculated in how you live. So this crown goes to those who, in their lifetime, they ran the race that was set before them. Because there is one. God has laid out a route for each and every one of us to follow. And that's the place of blessing. You got to get on that route. And you run that route. You stay on it. It's also, it also goes to those who crucify the flesh. That's, that's what? Discipline. They were disciplined. And they lived a life of sacrifice. And you know, you think about elite, uh, Olympic athletes. Man, you know, they're, they're like off the Twinkies for a year. No ring dings for them. Because the most important thing to them is to win the competition. They live for that. 
And modern-day athletes, they'll get up at 3 and 4 in the morning and go to the gym or go to the ice rink, and they'll go and they'll practice and practice and practice. And then they'll go to work after that. Because there's one thing on their mind. I want to win. And that should be on the mind of the Christian. I want to win. I want to win a crown for God. At the end of the message, I'm going to show you what might happen with that crown. Oh, yeah. So what's their main interest? To complete God's calling. That should be the most important thing to us. I want to complete God's calling on my life, whatever that is. So run whatever race God puts before you and run to win. And that's why we need spiritual conditioning, spiritual disciplines, time in the Word, time in prayer, time serving the body of Christ, time being available to the will of God. I mean, there's so much involved, but you know what? It, it, what it does, it makes us a better, stronger, more steady follower of the Lord Jesus. The third crown I want to bring to you is called the crown of righteousness. This crown goes to those who stayed faithful. Paul is telling Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.7, he's probably here at the end of his life, and he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. Remember that racetrack? I have kept the faith. So he did three things. He fought the good fight, he finished the course, and he kept the faith. So now he says, in the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. I'm like, yeah, Paul. But wait, not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What? The crown goes to those who have lived in such a way that they anticipate the Lord's return. And they can't wait to see Jesus. That's a crown. See, there are Christians who are righteous before God the Father. That's called justification. They're saved. But sometimes, Paul refers to saved people as fleshly, mere men. 1 Corinthians 3.3 3. He mentions the deeds of the flesh. Galatians 5.19-21 They call carnal Christians. But then there are those Christians who live righteously. They not only are righteous, they live righteously because they're waiting for the return of the Lord. They're anticipating His return. Hebrews 5.14 says, Solid food is for the mature, who because of, here it comes, practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So think about it. If I live my life righteously, and I'm anticipating the Lord's return, oh, there is a crown for me. You think you can get that one? I think you can. I know you can. Fourthly, we have the crown of life. The believers who receive this crown, they did not have the easiest life. But in spite of all their difficulties and trials and tribulations, they remained faithful. Wow. These are awesome people. You know, James said in chapter 1, verse 12 of his epistle, Blessed is a man 
who perseveres under trial. For once he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. See, this man had trials, but he didn't give in. He didn't cave in. He didn't walk away. He didn't give up. He persevered. He didn't lose faith. He built his faith. And that trial approved of his faith, that his faith was genuine and real. And now, the crown of life. Because see, when you persevere, that is evidence that you love the Lord. A lot of people say they love Jesus. But are they walking with him? Have they persevered? I know people that say they love Jesus. They never even go to church. Was that loving Jesus? When Jesus said, I'm going to build my church? When the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together? Is that loving Jesus? Isn't loving Jesus doing the things that he asks us to do? Isn't loving Jesus building our faith? Staying faithful no matter what comes our way? And then we, it's, it's solidified when we receive the crown of life. Remember, we said recently that when you become a Christian, you're going to die at least one of two ways. Die to yourself or die for your faith. Many people in different parts of the world today are dying for their faith. We don't have that luxury here in America, but we are called to die to ourself. Crucify the flesh. When's the last time you heard a message like that in your church? You need to crucify the flesh. You need to discipline yourself. You need to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. We don't hear those messages. They're not popular messages today, but they're the truth. Some refer to this crown as the modest crown. Yes, and there are many modest. I'll tell you what. Me? I'm not worthy to shine their shoes. Oh, no, I'm not. Not those that put their life on the line for the Lord Jesus. Nope. They're in a class by themselves. The Bible tells us in Revelation 2.10, and this is about people that are in the end times. Beware. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison. That goes on today. So that you will be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful. Notice he said, be faithful unto death. Not faithful as long as, you know, you feel like being faithful. Be faithful unto death. Die for what you believe, and I will give you the crown of life. That's what he said. Let me ask you. You want the crown of life? To me, that's like the ultimate crown. (laughs) Is that the shiniest one? The highest one? A lot of people say, ah, I'll go for the one that loves his appearing. (laughs) Crown of life, that one's challenging. Well, that's the greatest demonstration of loving Jesus. And then the last one I have for you, the crown of glory. And Peter mentions this one in 1 Peter 5.4. He references those pastors who shepherd the flock with godly motives and not selfish motives. He said, when the chief shepherd appears, 
you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Now, when I think about this crown, it could also include those who shepherd children in Sunday school, I would say, or maybe even seniors in a nursing home ministry, or those that go on the mission field and they shepherd other tongues and tribes. You know, I would say, if you're bringing people under your spiritual wings, you're shepherding them. And you could earn this crown by being a faithful shepherd, the crown of glory. Two more things about these crowns. The times they are given. It's like, oh, okay, when do we get these crowns? We get these crowns at the judgment seat of Christ. After the rapture of the church, believers go to heaven. The tribulation begins on the earth. For seven years, the earth is experiencing the great tribulation. During that same seven years, the church is in heaven. And they're at the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat. And at that seat, we're getting our rewards. I call that the dressing room for the wedding. Because at the end of that judgment, where we we receive our rewards, we're going to be presented to Jesus by the Father. And he's going to say, son, here's your bride. And Jesus is going to look at the bride and say, she's beautiful. Thank you, Father. She's beautiful. That's us. That's us in all our glory, in all our rewards, in all our crowns, in our robes of righteousness. Oh, how beautiful. God is going to make us. He presents us to his one and only Son. So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's all believers. And by the it's not a judgment for sin. Jesus took that. It's a judgment for rewards. And why are we at the judgment seat of Christ? So that each one may be recompensed or rewarded for his deeds in the body. Notice, in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So you see, the physical life, the physical body, has a lot to do with our Christian walk. It's not just this spiritual journey. It's our whole being, body, soul, and spirit. We're all involved in our relationship with God and in our service to God. So we get these crowns, and what will we do with them? I'm just going to make an assumption here, and I'm going to look at what happens in Revelation 4 with the 24 elders. Here's what happens. The 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne, that's Jesus, and will worship him who lives forever and ever. And they will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. So, it says the elders cast their crowns before the Lord. Now, I'm going to speculate, but perhaps it could be 
that those of us, huh, I say us, I'm hoping I can get a couple, that have earned crowns, that we will have the honor to do the same. That we will have that honor to lay our crown before the feet of Jesus. Now let me ask you, if you see many, many people laying their crowns at the feet of Jesus, do you want to be there with nothing in your hand to present to the Lord? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't want to have nothing to give back to the Lord to honor him. I want to honor him with a crown somehow, do my best, fail every day, but do my best, get back up, keep going. So this study begs the question, what am I really doing with my life? With a proper understanding, it can certainly renew the spiritual passion. It can. You know, like anything, even in our Christian walk, we can become familiar, passive, indifferent. You know, you do something long enough and it kind of loses its newness, right? You know, you buy a new car, ah, smells so good. A couple of months later, smells like French fries. (laughs) It lost its newness, right? So sometimes in our Christian life, we have to renew the passion. And that's why learning about the crowns, or just reminding ourselves about the crowns, can be that renewal to kind of, oh yeah, I'm starting to fall asleep. Oh, a little cold water on my face. And wake up. Get my priorities right. Start living for God again. So we've got these five crowns. The crown of rejoicing. The soul winner's crown. Who can get that, anybody? Share your faith. Share your faith with Jesus. And what a joy when you see them in heaven because God used you to speak with them. Oh, to bring them the good news of the gospel. What a joy. And some of you have experienced that joy on the earth. You've shared the gospel and you've brought people to church and maybe they're still in your church or they're going on to other churches, but man, God used you to save their soul. What a great, joyful thing that is. Then we have number two, the incorruptible crown. That's the spiritual athlete, the disciplined life. You are diligent about your faith. You see your life as a race. There's a course laid out before you, and you're going to run to win. And you're going to discipline yourself, and you're not going to beat the air. You're going to make your life count. It doesn't mean you don't have hobbies, and you don't have fun, and you don't do things, but it means you're going to live your life. You're going to calculate your life how you're going to live and make sure that it's dedicated to the glory of God. And then thirdly, we have the crown of righteousness. Live anticipating the Lord's return. Think about it. Just, you know, there there are many people today, they said, oh man, I wish Jesus would come back today. (laughs) You ever say that? I've said that. Lord, come right now. Come Lord Jesus, right? And they even question, well, when's he coming? Well, the Lord is not slow about his promises, but he's patient. He's waiting for many more to repent. But we're like, Jesus, come now. If you live your life anticipating the Lord's return, chances are you can earn that crown. You can get that crown, that crown of righteousness. Wow, how cool. 
Then, the crown of life. It's the ultimate. This might be the shiniest one. The modest crown. The one who endured under trial. They persevered. They didn't quit. They didn't go back. They didn't lose faith. See, the faith they started with is the faith they continued with. And it's the faith they end, the faith they ended with. Don't change your faith. Build your faith. The crown of life goes to those who put it all on the line for God. And then the crown of glory. Shepherding people faithfully. And like I said, maybe you're shepherding one person. Maybe you're shepherding a whole church. Maybe you're shepherding children's Sunday school. Maybe you're shepherding seniors in a nursing home. Maybe you're shepherding people in a hospital. People in a men's group. People in a ladies' group. Maybe you're shepherding people in an AA meeting and you're a believer and you're trying to bring them along. Tell them that higher power, that's Jesus. You're going to know who Jesus is. You know, caring. Caring is shepherding. Leading is shepherding. Feeding is shepherding. You get the crown of glory. See, that glorifies God. When you help people and you love people and you're there for people, that brings glory to God. So we've got these five crowns. The crown of rejoicing, the incorruptible crown, the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, and the crown of glory. You know what they are? Now go out there and get them. Be serious. Don't just be a church goer. Merely a church goer. I don't, I don't think it really accomplishes the will of God. You go to church, okay. But now you take what you learn in church and you abide in it and you live in it. And that becomes your marching orders, the scriptures. Oh yeah. They become your marching orders and you get your, 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 your instructions from the word of God. And if you do and you live in that, you will receive at least one of these crowns. You want to give joy to your pastor? Earn a crown. So when he sees you at the judgment seat of Christ, and you get that crown, he'll be so happy. Because you're his sheep. You're his congregation. God entrusted you to him. Give him joy. Earn a crown. So he knows that his labor was not in vain. But his congregation, his church, they took what he taught them every week. And they lived in it. And now they're all getting crowns. Wow. That's a great joy that your pastor can have. Thanks for coming along today. I hope this message renewed your passion for the Lord Jesus.